Hey, badasses, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I'm glad you're here. Before we launch into today's episode, I want to give a special shout out to my son, Cameron. It is actually his original music, a song called Clouds that you hear as our podcast music. And also this year for Christmas, he took his hard-earned money and purchased a set of new podcast headphones for me. And it was just amazing opening that gift and seeing his excitement to be supporting my dream and the fact that he acknowledged that I deserved these headphones because I had always been such a supporter of him and his music that he wanted to pay it back. So I love that. And he also made a comment that he wanted to buy headphones that looked cool because oftentimes I will take a quick snapshot from the podcast closet, also my master bedroom closet, and he wanted my headphones to look cute for my pictures. So you got to love that. So thanks, Cameron. You're awesome. On today's episode, speaking of kids, we have Lindsay Hine. And I say that because Lindsay has four boys under the age of six, and none of them are twins or triplets, all one at a time. (laughs) So let's just have a, a moment of, wow, how badass is that? Lindsay is an inspiration to me when it comes to podcasting because her podcast is called I'll Have Another And today, Lindsay talks about the jump to podcasting, and it would have been easy for her to say, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I'm raising these boys. I just, when I get caught up, I'll start a podcast because isn't that really the the thing that we all say? We have that burning desire to do something, create something, and we think, when I get caught up. I'll go do that. And the truth of the matter is, you're not getting caught up ever. I was caught up once. It was 1987. I was moving. I didn't have a job at the time. So I had about eight hours to drive across country. I was moving from Florida back to Indiana. So so for that road trip, I was caught up. I haven't been caught up since. It just doesn't happen. And what is amazing and inspiring about Lindsay's story is she did not let all of the busyness of her life get in the way from creating something, something that she was passionate about. So Lindsay will share some of that inspiration with you. If you are a runner, you will love Lindsay's podcast. She's a running coach and interviews runners from Olympic all the way down to the everyday runner. And also, if you're not a runner, what's so amazing about Lindsay is her authenticity. She is just absolutely real. And she doesn't get hung up on another one of those little lies that we tell ourselves that things have to be perfect before we launch them into the world. And she just does not buy into that at all. And I love following her on Instagram and seeing the authenticity in her stories and just the way she's moving through life, sharing it all. So here we go. Lindsay Hine from I'll Have Another. 
Hey, Lindsay, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me here. You bet. I'm glad you could be here because your life's pretty full. Getting time on your calendar feels special (laughs) to me. (laughs) Oh, I was excited we could make it work. So let's just give people... So a peek into the craziness of your life. One of my favorite things to do if I'm feeling stressed out is look at your Instagram story (laughs) because then I realize, oh, my life is easy compared to this girl. So tell us about your life and the craziness of it. Well, she says that because I have four kids ages six and under. So it's pretty wild at our house. It's pretty loud and energetic all the time. And they're all boys as well. So I don't know. I've never had a little girl, but from what I've been told, the energy is... (laughs) It's pretty high. With four it comes boys. through loud and clear on your Instagram story, the energy in your house. Yeah. And I, what I love most about it is you're so like chill about it. And I know that's not always the case. Like let's, you yeah. know, we're all about being real sure. here. I know there are times that you probably cry in your closet and scream yes. profanities. I hope you do. That'll make me feel really good about you if you do that once in a while. Well, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> I'm very, it is very true that when my kids make messes and stuff, I am very quick to like let it go because I'm like, whatever, I can't control this. Um, I get most angry and upset with them when they're disrespectful to me and rude. And, you know, like, I'm just going to be completely honest, like they hit me, things like that, that kids do that they shouldn't do. Um, That's what gets me really really angry. And I get angry when that stuff happens because I'm like, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Because you're raising good human beings. I'm trying to. Oh, (laughs) Please do more of that. So you can have as many as you want because if you raise good humans, that helps us all. Okay, I'm done though. (laughs) Well, we'll see. So anytime somebody says I'm done, I always feel like they get an announcement like a year later. I know. Well, that was with the third for sure. But But like one of them I remember... Russ was sitting in the middle of the kitchen floor, like covered in flour. Oh yeah. They, they got the flour. And then, and then the thing is the the whole bag of flour was dumped out all over the kitchen. And I was just kind of like, you know what? Here's the thing. The damage is done. And they're having so much fun in this flour and not bothering me. It was hysterical. So I literally like got on my computer and worked while they swam in flour in the kitchen. Because I was like, well, I could get a couple things done. I'm gonna have to clean it up <laughs> either busy. way. They're you know they're not hurting each other. So that Yay. you know when I put up an Instagram story like that, that really is true. Like I really am pretty just kind of like, well, whatever that happened. I mean, they're animals for sure, but <laughs> it makes me happy. I like it. Yeah. So that's a great segue to what I want us to talk about, which is in the midst of all that, because your oldest is six, you've been able to take a passion and a career and kind of realize some of your dreams with that in the midst of all that crazy. And I think that's a story that really needs to be told because when I'm out talking with people, coaching with people, they'll tell me about a dream they have and then they'll say... But it's just really not a good time. Mm-hmm. And and I always like to talk about that lie we tell ourselves, which is when I get caught up, I'm gonna. And whatever you fill in that I'm gonna list with is usually the thing you're most passionate about or the most important thing or the thing that would serve you best. And the reality is we're never getting caught up in our whole lives. Like it's not even possible. And so if you wait to do the things that you're most passionate about or that are most important until you get caught up, you're screwed. And so you you didn't live that lie. You just said, this is probably going to be hard and it might suck some days, but I'm going to do it anyway. So so tell us, tell us that story. Yeah. And I totally agree with everything you just said, because so so my, the story is, is that I, I launched this podcast, which a lot of people have podcasts, but my podcast really is like it's my bread and butter. Like it is the main job that I have. 
Yeah, it's not a hobby. It's not a sort of kind of like it is your career. It is my career. And I, you know, through the podcast, I also do speaking engagements and things like that. Um, But I just, I wanted to start this show. And actually, right around the time I made the decision, I I put the blog post out that said, I'm going to launch a podcast. (laughs) Accountability alert. Yes, exactly. And people started commenting. And I was like, well, shoot, like people think I'm going to do it. Now I have to. Which is a good thing, right? It's a good thing I wrote that blog post. But anyway, I I wrote the post. And then like two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with my third. In that first trimester. Say that slower. With your third. Yes, with my third. And my my second was, um, he was only one. He had just turned one at the time. So they're pretty close in age. And you know, it's that those first two months where you're just like, I don't want to do anything but lay on the couch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I had given myself this timeline. I said, I'm going to launch this date. And so it kind of gave me the perseverance to say, like, I have to push through. And I am not the type of person to stay up till midnight working. That is not my nature. I know some people do that, but I'm an early to bed kind of girl. And there were just like a few weeks there that I was like up until midnight trying to learn how to edit and do things. Like, I didn't know what I was doing you know, like uh, I won't even try. I just hire it. Oh, out. you hired. Well, I, you know, I was too. Hello, cheap to Brassy do that. Broad podcast consultant. I love friend, her. Love her. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't even recommend her. I wouldn't even learn. So well, yeah. So well, and you can tell when you go back to my audio in the first fifty episodes. It's really not very good, but there was a learning curve there. So anyway, um, you know, I think there's a time and a place to say maybe I don't want to hustle hard for something. But for me, the fact that I couldn't stop thinking about it, told me that I needed to go ahead and do it because otherwise I was going to lay in bed at night. I was going to go for runs and I would be thinking about what if, what if, what if. So I launched my show and I did a lot of it. I was a stay at home mom at the time and I still am a lot of the time. Um, now I have childcare two days a week, but at the time, you know, I would utilize the why childcare. I would, I would always record my episodes at night once my husband got home from work or, you know, just like all these, all this juggling, which in the long run wasn't sustainable. And, and truly in the long run right now with what I'm doing, it's not sustainable. Like I'm going to have to get more childcare, but it's baby steps, right? Like little bits at a time. I, I added one full day of childcare, then I added two. Um, so I think that you kind of have to cater what you want to do to what your life's circumstances are at the moment. Yeah. And, and two things that you said that are really important I want to highlight. One is you couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And if you've got that thing in your head and your heart and your gut that just won't quit, those are hardwired in. Those are, those are you know, God does that for a reason. Like yeah. you're supposed to pay attention to those. And so because that happened, you didn't wait until it was perfect. Because I've oh, been no. guilty of, of, of knowing there's something I should be doing. And then just spinning for way too long because I thought, I don't know how, it's not time. But you just said, you know what? Ready, go. It's going to be messy. My quality might not be great, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And I I think I think that one of God's greatest gifts he's given me is to not be a perfectionist. Oh, it's so true. Though sometimes um, people probably wish I was a little bit more of one, including my husband. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. I can't live that way. It's just not my nature. Like you will actually oftentimes see spelling errors and grammatical errors in my show notes of my podcast. And um, that's just kind of like, I choose to focus my energy on certain things and certain things I say, hey, I'm hanging it up here, you know, and, and this is the way I operate. I love that. There's having worked in corporate America for centuries. 
it feels like maybe it's not been centuries, but (laughs) she's not that old. Maybe what I now want to represent is it's okay to make mistakes. I had a girl I was supposed to meet with that I met in a networking thing and she forgot to put the appointment on her calendar and I was on my way. I wasn't sure what door entrance to go in and I never got a hold of her. And I was just like, whatever, there's an hour of my time. I get back. I went to a coffee shop. I worked. It was no big deal. I wasn't mad about it. She messaged me that afternoon beside herself, like Mm -hmm. just with this fear. And I said, listen, with me, I always want to represent that people make mistakes and I would much rather us represent the reality of humanity and just give each other some forgiveness and say, girl, I get it. If anything, now it gives me permission when I make a mistake to be like, it's fine. It's fine. I love that. Well, and maybe she didn't know you very well, but to me, I'm like, I would never blow you off or anything, but like you are a very forgiving, understanding person. And I really appreciate that. Like today when I texted you, I knew that I would, it would mean I'm taking my kids to Y childcare, dropping them off. Like it was going to add an extra layer of something in my life. And I knew that if I was feeling completely overwhelmed, I could have said, look, Rebecca, like I'm feeling crazy today. And you would have understood. I've been like, yeah, you are. Yeah. No and, I mean, it's not, and that wouldn't have been to disrespect your time, which is why I'm here. Yeah. But like if something just really wasn't shaken out in my life, I could feel that for you. And you know, what's interesting is I, I think that people want that level of forgiveness and grace and humanity. And they're afraid to either ask for it, afraid to get like, we've set expectations in work today that are unrealistic. Yeah, completely. Another friend of mine told me that the other day she was in the middle of a program and somebody raised their hand to tell her there was a typo in the beta of this program, like in the middle, in front of everybody. You're like, why are you doing this right now? Seriously? No, no. What is that even about? And by the way, don't ever tell me I have a typo ever. <laughs> just like in general, I just don't let it go. Like if I spell something wrong, if, if there's bad grammar, like I just, please don't tell me because I don't care. <laughs> I love that. And because the reason my podcast was a six to eight months longer starting is because I was trying to figure out how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Insert air quotes right there. I remember right? when you wanted to launch and I was so excited. And then eight months later, I finally started to do that long though. If you think about it, I I mean, guess, you're a go-getter. I guess maybe, but this whole like perfectionist thing, it's crap. Yeah, like we all need to stop. You can't live that way. Okay. Keep going. So you launched the podcast. Launched, yep. And I learned so much. I mean, if you listen back to interviews at the beginning, it is just kind of a completely different ball game. I've listened back to some cause I've had some repeat guests on and I'm like, Ooh, it's not going to sound anything like that first time we talked, you know? Um, and cause I didn't, I didn't go to school for any, I mean, I went to school for nutrition. Like that's not, which is why there's flour all over your floor all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like I'm white flour, by white. the way. It's it was not white flour. flour or almond flour or whatever flour, pea flour, whatever flour you guys use these days. But that's another great message is you, there are so many ways to figure things out today. You don't have to have years of education about it. Yeah. I feel like people think, oh, this is what I went to school for, or this is my experience in the work field. But like, if that's not what you're passionate about, that doesn't mean you can't do something different. So you launched, you, things weren't perfect. And now let's just, let's fast forward. So how many, how long have you had the podcast in totality now? Two and a half years. And in two and a half years, you went from oh my gosh, in your closet trying to figure (laughs) out how to do a podcast. And now you've got a legit following. Thank you. You really do. Like it's impressive. I think, you know, my following, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty robust number of people, but more than that, um, because it's not, it's certainly not like 
massive, massive, but it's, it's pretty big. Um, but they're engaged and like talking to me. And I feel like I try to at least get to know my listeners. I have a Facebook group and I always an dr- active one. Yeah. I think it's pretty active. You think so? I do. When I look, you're in it. Uh, and when I see the comments and I, and I look at the interaction, it, it's like people are sitting in a room together, having a conversation. Thank you. It's very, it, and you set that tone because of your authenticity and your lack of need for perfection. Like people know you're just real. And I think that shows big time. People ask real questions and real encouragement. It's, it's cool. I love the group because I feel like people can reach out to everybody else and not just like, I don't have to, I don't have to be the mediator for things. And I, I want people to like, if someone's fundraising for something or if someone's doing this or that, or is, is going to an event, like I want them to feel comfortable posting. And I've never had anybody take advantage of that. So I've never set any guidelines or anything. It's um, like those friends that can come into your house at any time. Yeah. Like even if you're not home and just like get something out of the fridge yeah, and I'll be home later. Go get some cheese, whatever you need out of the fridge, your beer, wine, No, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And this whole time we haven't even talked about what it's about. Oh, my podcast. Yes. Okay. So. So I, it's a podcast. I wanted to create a show that was people having good conversations that you felt like you could be a part of them. You could learn something from them. And ultimately what I wanted was people to walk away feeling happy or inspired to do something and not sit on their butts, right? Um, and so the niche has really become runners. And you know, the plan from the start was to talk to a lot of runners. And Rebecca and I had this conversation about a year ago, probably, that you really do need to have some sort of niche to make it work. And it it worked out that running really was my niche. That's what I knew because knew about. you're a running coach. I'm a coach. I've ran my whole, you know, since I was like a sophomore in college. And I know a lot about the sport. I enjoy learning about the sport and it's easy for me to talk about it. So though I have interviewed other people, for instance, um, I interviewed Jessica Honiger. She's the founder and CEO of Noonday Collection. Uh, We didn't talk about running once in that episode. It was kind of more of an episode where I got to know her and her business and her family. But most of my interviews do happen to be with runners and some of them are super heavy on the running side, but a lot of times we talk about other aspects of their lives as well. And like you said, you didn't start out saying, I'm going to start a running podcast. You just wanted a place where people could come together and be inspired yeah. and and just have a happy kind of gathering. But your running history is legit as well. And oh, and that's the thing is you you are humble about things. But like you've been on the cover of running magazine. I won a contest though. Well, still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was that contest was like, it was a lot of people entered the contest. And I, you know, shared my story about um, I had found out I was positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation and elected to have a prophylactic double mastectomy at the age of 30. And like, uh, I was sharing my story of, of working on overcoming fear in that, uh, contest. And so anyway, I won that. And it's interesting that you brought that up because I was just on another show and we talked about it a little bit. And we talked about how, when I was on the cover of the magazine, like, was that what, what was at the time I didn't know what that would turn into and I, I don't know that I give full credit to like launching my podcast from that, but it did give me a little bit of a following, a little bit more than I already had to kind of help propel my show. It's just interesting that I didn't launch my show until like three years later. So like I had no idea really? that that was going to be, you know. I didn't realize it was that long after. Yeah. Well, it was 2014. I guess I launched my show in 2016. So it was two years. It seems like a long time though. Two years. Tell still. them which magazine that was. Um, that was Women's Running Magazine. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. It was a big deal at the time. Yeah, for sure. And 
that is another, I think, key message that everybody needs to hear is all of the things that you're talking about have been baby steps, yeah. right? And realizations. Like you get to this point where you are faced with this, oh my gosh, life altering decision about your health. And as a runner, that has to feel so much more weighty is the only word I can think of right now. Even, I don't know, that just feels significant to me to be someone that is, you've, you've gone to school for nutrition, you're a runner, it's everything. And then all of a sudden you're like faced with a health crisis. Yeah. Cause you think, Oh, I'm like the healthiest person in the world. Absolutely. And so the overcoming fear of making those decisions, and you talk a lot about those baby steps of just making those decisions. I want you to talk about that again in a moment. But, but that piece then was also what what allowed you then to overcome that fear of, I'm just going to start a podcast mm-hmm. in my closet and I don't really even know how to do it yet, but I'll figure it out, right? So it's those pieces of our lives that when you put them together creates our story. And I think the more we, especially as women, can share our story and our struggle, the more it gives permission and the more it opens up people's dreams and opportunities to say, oh, well, I don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to, you know, I think that's just an important thing. So talk about that whole overcoming fear in that health crisis that has kind of propelled you forward. Well, so I I always say now, especially like it's still something I am working on every day. And I, until the day I die, I don't think that I'll have it all figured out. Um, you know, fear is kind of, it's, do you, do you ever pay attention to the Enneagram stuff? I'm a seven. Okay. I think I'm a seven too with a six wing. Uh, and I don't know if anybody listening has paid attention to it. I haven't done like the intense studies or anything, but um, I have that fear, which is like the six, like worst case scenario thing. So anytime a health issue comes up, I'm like automatically giving myself the worst diagnosis. I'm that person. <laughs> don't Google it then. Yeah. That's a bad thing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I'm that person. Um, and I, and I really try to, I'm really trying to move away from being that person because that's the other thing is like you, are we going? Oh, you're good. You can uh, claim that you're that person, and then you're going to think you're that person for the rest of your oh, life. What this, what you, the story you tell yourself is the most important one, right? So, like, I, I'm sitting here saying, like, I'm working on moving away from that every day. But if I sit here and claim that I am a fearful person, I will always be fearful. Well, then I probably will always Absolutely. be fearful. And that doesn't mean I don't slip up and I don't have um, things that creep in sometimes. But I have to actively pursue that not being my story. And how great that you have that awareness to know that. Yeah. Because I think that's everything about this podcast has been reflection and connection. And that's that reflection piece is that self-awareness allows you to move forward Yeah. because you got to know your starting point. And you say, if I feed those fears, I'm dead in the water. So yeah. I've, I've got to figure this thing out. Yeah. So I, with the, with the uh, decision to make, to have the prophylactic double mastectomy, I found out I was positive for the mutation and it was one of those things that I avoided doing for a really long time. I avoided getting the blood test because I was scared. Oh, yeah. What the answer well, would there be. There we go. Fear. Right? Fear. Six. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so once I found out though, it was kind of like, well, now I can make decisions and now I am, can educate myself and, and be proactive about this. And so it's kind of similar in a less scary way with something like launching my podcast because it's like, well, I didn't know how to do any of the things I wanted to do, but I would educate myself. So it's like I would go out for these long runs and I would come back and I would say, okay, you're going to Google one YouTube video and, and figure that one piece out today. And that'll be your goal for the day. 
instead of, because I think that we get scared because we think we have to figure it all out at once and you just can't do that. That was me. Yeah. You that can't was me. Do that. It's impossible. And I was glad to have Jen Eads, who is uh, my podcast consultant. I love saying that. I have a podcast consultant. I need a podcast consultant myself. It's the Brassy Broad. She's fabulous. But I would, I would message her and I would ask her these questions. And I really wanted there to be right and wrong answers mm-hmm. because that just seemed like the way it was supposed to be. And she, would, she finally got to the point she'd just laugh at me. And she would say, you know what my answer is going to be. What do you want it to be, Rebecca? It depends. <laughs> like you can do it this way or you can do it that way. And I just I was like, oh, this is it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the cool thing? Even if you get critics saying you shouldn't do it this way or that way, like it's your podcast. It's you my own podcast. The show. Yeah. That was scary and then finally freeing. But it probably took seven or eight exchanges with her before I, was, I finally got that. Right. And you just said, you know what? I'm just going to. One thing at a time. Yeah. And you know what? Like I brought up the critic thing and like you, you do get constructive feedback and you can use that to, to change things. Or you can say, screw that. Like, this is how I want to do things. But I've, I've, uh, feel like I've grown a lot in my show from listening to constructive feedback from listeners. In making adjustments that made it better for the listeners, not just yeah, saying, hey, like, this is the way I like do it. In my interview style and stuff, like when I research the interviews and things like that, and sometimes it's hard to hear things that you're like, oh, maybe I wasn't doing such a good job at that. But then if you really think it through, you're like, they have a point. Right, right. They maybe could have said it nicer, but they had a point. <laughs> <laughs> Faceless communication, anything you get so online, hard. it's so hard. And it's hard to not like let it tear you down as well. Yeah. Um, but if you really, if you can use it to your advantage... Or, or if it's not helpful, like, bye. I read through all the comments on my TEDx talk once. Ooh. And were most of them good, I'm 90% sure. 90% of them are but the great. Three bad ones. It's hard to read. Oh, my gosh. And I just said, you know what? Okay, that was good. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as you've progressed and you've started to really get, like I said, this amazing following with the podcast, What are some other things that you would say to listeners that have that, I can't stop thinking about this thing. It feels like a big thing. Uh, Great tips so far. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just baby steps. Learn as you go. You don't have to be professionally trained in something. There's a million resources out there that you can find to help you do something that you you want to do. But what else can you think of that comes to mind that you say, "Mm, here's something I, I think is important about this journey? Um, let's see here. I think take the first steps, write out five things that you want to do and, and whatever the topic is that you're talking about. So we'll, we keep using podcasts as an example, but could be it's run a marathon or whatever it is, write out your five reasons why you want to do it. And then give yourself five reasons why you're going to make that happen and how you're going to make that happen. Um, and And I put in little rewards for myself. Yeah. Like if I get these things done and the rewards might be something like, I'm going to eat cake for breakfast. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a big uh, expensive reward, but I just, it's, it's a way that I keep myself motivated. Cause when you're doing things on your own, you got to motivate yourself too. Well, and the holding yourself accountable piece too. Like I, I truly think that writing that blog post saying I was going to start a podcast, it was out there. So I was like, well, people think I'm going to now I really want to, you know? So, and, and, and not to say that that, you know, it's do or die. And if your vision changes or your dream changes, you still have to go through with it. 
but I think that putting yourself out there to people holds you accountable and, and, and give yourself dates. Like by March, I want to be doing this by June. I hope my show is here. And I find that if I give myself in regards to like my podcast, like if I give myself a listener number or I give myself a, um, a goal with sponsorships or things like that, if I have it written down, I'm going to be way more likely to go after it than just saying, well, I hope in July I'm, you know, doing this. I tell all of my clients that I coach to have a whiteboard or some sort of visual representation of your goals that are tangible, just like that, from this number of listeners to this number of listeners by this date, that you have to walk by or it's in your office or your kitchen or somewhere, so you have to look at it because that's your accountability. Can you tell me where in my house I should put this? Because I'm really struggling with this. Well, I'm thinking the only place that's safe at your house might be the ceiling of your <laughs> bedroom or above the couch because everything else I've seen, you got to climb of as one of your kids uh like I'm not we'll have I don't know I may have to come over and I really want you to because I actually (laughs) just bought this huge calendar like of the year and I want to hang it it's like it sticks to the wall and I I don't know where to put it because I don't have an office at home and I I office out of the hatch which is a co-working space I don't have an office here I like you know use rooms um but I really want this in a good place in my house but the problem is is you don't want it in your bedroom no, you really don't. You don't. But, but that's I, like the only place I can think of. I And I kind of like things to be sort of pretty. Yeah. I I got a really cool easel, like an antique kind of one. And I just put a whiteboard on that in my kitchen. Really? When we had shared goals with the kids. Um, and that way everybody had access oh, to it. that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think even as a business goal, it's important that your family sees your progress. Yeah. Because just to know that you're working hard and you've got these other things going on, I think it's important to show your kids and your husband, look at the progress that I've made. Or, hey, I'm really struggling, which is going to mean that I'm going to need you to help out on this particular week because I'm behind on my goal. Because yours is a business. Yeah. And it needs to be treated like a business. Yeah. And he, my husband has like definitely come to realize that for sure. And he is very helpful. Like I am so, th- so he, my husband works in corporate America. So he's like an eight to five guy, but he is definitely not what he would say an office hero. Like he is totally good with being like, I can work from home today. I'm going to have some kid interruptions, but I can get done what I need to get done to help you th- with your schedule. I mean, there are definitely certain weeks where he's busier and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. All right. But when it's really not, like if I were to score a really big interview and I couldn't figure out the childcare, he would make it work for me. Well, I know recently I just saw on your story that you know, he he took a day to work from home to do that for you he so did. you could prep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's the same way when you've got two corporate America, uh, two people in corporate America as a couple, because the same thing happens. You make trades, you do. right? You just yeah, say, like, look, with the kids and I stuff. got a huge presentation next week. I've got yeah. this. And you just have to have that communication. So I don't mind businessy stuff being in the common area of a house because I think it just tells the real story. This yeah. is the way it is. And I do realize too that, you know, his job can be flexible in that way. I mean, he's flexible in that way because he makes those decisions, but like, he's not a doctor. He, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have a job where he's like, I have an appointment. I have to do surgery. I'm sorry. I cannot come home for your podcast interview. Um, but like, in although it, I've sat in a waiting room for so long, I wonder if maybe they are, are doing that. My wife had a podcast. I'm sorry. I have to, I'm going to be late. Yeah. You're going to have to wait a little Sit bit. Sit in your on paper that. gown for a little bit longer. Yeah. That's funny. 
<laughs> so the whole family support is a whole, we could do a whole nother yeah, podcast totally, on that. That's sure. huge. That's huge. I would not like, and that's been a struggle, honestly. Like it's, it's been hard at times to figure this thing out because I work for myself. I work by myself and finding support can be difficult. And I find myself wanting to just like spew everything to him because who else am I talking? You well, know, and that's the it. second part of this the whole, the badass women's council is connection. There's reflection yeah. and connection. And so I just had this conversation the other day talking to someone about our our key relationships as as women, as women in business, is that we need that support system that's outside of our significant others yes. because we can't put all of the accountability and responsibility to feed our souls in that way so true with the business as much as 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 much as it is at home like it's just unfair for one person to carry all that weight yeah and they don't frankly want to yeah yeah so where who do you you've got great relationships all over town we're in your co-working space right now where i know you've got a lot of people here that at the hatch that you interact with what does your what is your network of connection look like to support you? Well, I have, um, one group of girlfriends in particular, we all are very, we have a group text and actually it was one of the girls when you and I walked into to the hatch that I introduced you to. Um, we're very supportive of each other with our family life and like business goals. And so we bounce ideas off each other all the time. Actually, one of my friends, she's a stay at home mom and her two younger kids were at preschool for the day and she was like out running errands. And I said, Hey, I am working on this like uh, pitch for something at the beginning of the year next year would she, she gets into the business stuff. I said, would you mind coming over and like walking through it with me? And she was like <gasps> all over and I love that out of the kindness of her heart too. Like she has a busy yeah. woman, but she, she kind of enjoys that. And so, so I'd say that group of friends is huge for me. Um, and then I'm actually uh, one of the girl, I did a live podcast in November. I did a couple actually. And one was in New Hampshire and one of the girls, her name's Sarah Canny, she basically put the whole show on, just invited me out to do it. And I'm going to be working with her and hopefully a couple other girls to do a, some sort of mastermind in the realm of the running entrepreneurship oh, world. Oh, yeah. I know it's like, it's a weird niche, but like she, you know, she has like a running retreat and so, and I have a running podcast. So just like working together to figure out how we can expand our businesses. I love that. And it is a very active niche as well because runners, yeah, it is for you've sure. got to be committed to be a runner. Yeah. And so they like information about running. I think it's a great. Yeah. And it'll be good because being in another mastermind, I mean, being in a business mastermind is a great idea, but I think that being in a specific group that um, is talking about the part of your business that you're actually like the running community is where my business thrives. absolutely and a mastermind for those of you maybe who haven't experienced it is a group of people that have a common need or goal or expectation and they come together on a uh, usually a monthly basis well yeah and to there, share there are like huge masterminds that you have to pay like thousands of dollars to be a part of because you're basically paying this big wig person to facilitate it which Maybe eventually I'll do something like that and really grow from that. But this this is going to be more of like, we're all kind of in this together. We're more like- Like peers. the Badass Women's Council, our group of seven exactly. that comes together I around mean, Essentially, that is mm-hmm. a mastermind. Yep. Um, and the girl the girl that's going to kind of, she asked me if I wanted to be part of it. I'm, I'm probably, she's probably going to be a leader in the group. Like, you know, you figure out who who's the leader, yeah. who has, whose strengths are here, whose strengths are there. Yeah. 
And if you go back in the podcasts from from us, Jason Barnaby has an inventory around who needs to be in your tribe mm-hmm. because a mastermind really I is need to building. To I haven't listened to oh, this yet. So good. It is really building who is that tribe and different people play different roles. You There's the leader. There's the devil's advocate that helps you think through stuff. There's the dreamer. There's the connector. He's got a entire inventory of descriptions around what kind of people do you need in? What, who are you in my life? Cause I feel like you're, you're a person in my tribe. I'm usually a connector and someone that inspires and about the dreams is, is my primary thing. But as a consultant, as a business consultant, I can play the realm of devil's advocate. If we need to think through the business implications and we need to think through the money-making model, like I can go there but my favorite thing to do is connect people and just help them dream bigger than they've even allowed themselves to dream. And I have to tell everybody listening what you did for me. Oh, what'd I do? I, well, I had this talk. Yeah. Linking Indie Women asked me to speak at their oh, event. Oh, yeah. And I was pretty, you know, like I'd done some public speaking, but this was like a pretty big engagement for me. There was probably going to be like, 70 people there. And, um, it was, you know, a 40 minute talk, which is, that's a long time for, if you haven't been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time to put pieces of your story together and really engage the audience. And I mean, Rebecca took like two different afternoons and sat down with me and helped me work through it and just gave me her time in that way. So I still appreciate that. Oh, good. It was fun. It was a big deal. And it was really helpful in me learning how to craft future talks as well. I mean, Good. you should really teach classes on that, by the way. Oh, probably should. Another arm of your business. I will add that. Add that to the list. Add Talk that to, to your the consultant. list. But you know, that's another great message for today is we all have talents that we forget we have because we've been doing them for so long that somebody else probably could use your help with. Yeah. And so to reach out to people and offer that support has been something that I've tried to make more of a habit and I love doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just like... You just gave me your time. Aww. That was the nicest thing ever. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end on how wonderful that you're talking about me. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to summarize. I mean, we've talked about some amazing things about overcoming fear, that there's no need to think about perfection. That's going to stall you out more than anything if you're trying to launch something that you're excited about. And just to learn and grow as you go. And that's where you get this this connection to your story that now I think is so compelling for people that you just authentically are able to go out and tell that story and it shows up in your community in a big way. Thank you. Well, I'll put all kinds of great details in the show notes about how to find you and everything else that you're about, but I'm thrilled that we could get together today. Yeah, I want to do this more. Thank you so well, much. Let's do. All right. And I'm not coming down. I told you, she's the real deal. We love Lindsay. I hope you will go to her Instagram, her Facebook group, and subscribe to her podcast. I will have all of those links for you in the show notes. And again, her podcast is called I'll Have Another. I'm super jelly because Lindsay has like 1,500 reviews of her podcast on iTunes. And you know, I'm fairly new, but I've got two and I'm a little jelly. So if you would like to go and leave a review for the Badass Women's Council podcast, that would be a badass move. As always, we have reflection questions for you today as a result of this episode. And here they go. One is, what are you aching to try or to create or to go do? And 
who can you share it with? Because as Lindsay shared with us, that was the catalyst. Once she said she was going to do it, then she felt like she needed to go do it. So share some of those dreams that you have with someone and let that be the inspiration to get you started. Okay, thanks so much for being here. If you need a keynote speaker, or maybe it's time to hire a coach or someone to facilitate something for your team, I am your girl. Give me a shout. Thanks so much. I'm not coming down.